there is a great reward for you when you walk in obedience to the Lord. And you're not about ready to lose that great reward, are you? Christ, the Bible says, do not let your boldness be robbed. Because if you don't, what did it say? There's a great reward. There's a great reward. But you know, you have to fight against everything that tries to come against you to shut you up. You know the devil's afraid of you. He is so afraid of you. He does not want you to walk in your high calling. When you walk knowing that you are loved by God, you walk completely different. The love of God wants to uproot every false teaching, every false thinking, every false belief, so that you walk really fully embraced, embracing the love of God, and now you walk full. You must take authority and say no in the name of Jesus. He doesn't want the reward of the Lord to be yours. That's why he stops, tries to stop you, tries to block you in your confidence. You know the devil's afraid of you. He is so afraid of you. He does not want you to walk in your high calling. He does not want you to know who you are in Christ, right? But when you do know who you are in Christ, then what happens is, is that he is kicked out and you start trampling upon his, his, the things that he tried to rob, kill, steal, and destroy from your life. You start trampling upon them and say, oh, no, I'm taking it back. So in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Now unto him who is able to do, which was Christ Jesus, the Lord our God. Amen. Unto him who is able to do. Say, Jesus is able to do. Abundantly above all. All. Abundantly above all that I might ever ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. Make Amen. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians in chapter 3, verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord, to the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. We bow our knees now, don't we, church? Yeah. We thank him now. Amen. And so it says, For this reason I bow. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named it says that he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Say it over yourself. I am strengthened with might. Say it over your minds. My mind is strengthened with might. Say it over your spirit man. My spirit man is strengthened with might. You know why we, I, say, I, I tell you guys to say these things? and to speak them over your spirit man is because when you, when you speak them over your spirit man, you also hear yourself saying it. And when you hear yourself saying things, right, it literally is received into your spirit. It's one thing to hear somebody else say it, and that's good. But when you say it, when you say the word, when you, give, when you speak an affirmation that's based on the word, you're hearing yourself say the truth which means your spirit is literally growing. Your spirit grows. It grows in Christ because there's a whole lot of tearing down that goes on in the world day by day, moment by moment. And I know you all know this and you're aware of this. So why not speak to your spirit? Why not speak to your spirit the truth? Why don't you tell yourself, you know what? I'm made in the image and in the likeness of God. And so therefore I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why don't you speak to your spirit man on a regular basis and you see, you will see yourself rise up and say, yeah, I'm able to do 
exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything I ask, dream, or imagine simply because of the power of Christ in me. When you start to speak that over yourself, and it does take some discipline, but when you start to speak that out loud over yourself, literally you will start going to a whole nother level. The devils are afraid of you when you speak the word. Demons are afraid of you. Well, because they're afraid of the word. And so when you speak the word, they tremble. They literally tremble because they know they have no, they have no access. They have no real power, right, over the word of God. So, so we're strengthened with might. What do you mean might? That means God's doing him his power. What is might? You are strengthened with might. That means you are strengthened with God's miraculous power. That means the power for, to do miracles is within you, within all of us. So it says that you, and this is, this is Paul, and he's praying this to the church in Ephesians. He says, according to the riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Take care of your inner man, church. Take care of your inner man. You take care of your inner man as you stay in the word and as you speak God's word out loud over yourself. Amen. And it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Let me tell you, you could be rooted and grounded in many things, but the Bible tells us to be rooted and grounded in love. You could be rooted and grounded in the wrong soil and not know it. You could be rooted and grounded in wrong thinking and be unaware because you're, it's familiar to you. It's something that you don't catch, you don't notice because you're familiar to it. But let everything that is ungodly, every ungodly familiar root be uproot, uprooted right now in your life. Every, and you can say that over yourselves. Every ungodly root in my life be uprooted right now. Because I, you, were not called to walk with a deficiency or a lack that the enemy put upon you or you did yourself. Because sometimes it is not even the enemy. It's the agreement that you gave the enemy. It's the agreement. Let every ungodly agreement be exposed right now so they can be uprooted in the name of Jesus. So we're rooted and grounded in love, right? The word of God, this is what he's praying. This is what we pray over ourselves, that we would be rooted and grounded in love, the love of God. And it says that we may be able to comprehend. See, now why would Paul pray this? That we would be able to comprehend. Because not everybody is able to comprehend. He's praying this because not everyone is, not that they're not able, but they're not necessarily willing. Because God has obviously made them able. But some people will not allow God to really speak to them because they're just moving too fast and never take a break. That's just one reason. Yeah, that's just one reason. But they, that they may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend what? Well, read the next line. What is the width and the length and the depth and the height, which is the love of God? In other words, how vast, how great, how grand, how incredible, how deep, how wide is the love of God? When you walk knowing that you are loved by God, you walk completely different. You don't walk with your head held low. You don't walk with your spirit down or dragging. You don't walk thinking, oh, I don't think so, I can't do this. You walk knowing, I can because of Christ in me. You walk knowing, because I'm so loved, God's favor shines upon me. Do you not know the favor of God on your life? 
There's a lot of Christians that don't, and they walk with compromise. And it's not because they have, it's not because they want to compromise. It's not because they're just, oh, you know, I don't, um, I'm a worm, or they don't have that kind of thinking. It's just that the truth has not yet been revived on the inside of them, which is the word of God. So the love of God wants to uproot every false teaching, every false thinking, every false belief, so that you walk really fully embraced, embracing the love of God, and now you walk whole. Now you walk as a daughter or a son of the most high God, and that is who we are. And when we get this in our spirit, let me tell you, there is no stopping you. There is no stopping you. You know, there, the gifts of discernment will increase in your life, but so will the gift of discerning of spirits. And when you have the gift of discerning of spirits, you're going to see things you didn't see before, and you're going to cast things out just because you see them. Because why? The love of God has filled you up. Now you have the spirit of God on the inside of you in full measure. Not lacking, not just a little portion, but in full measure. That's one of the things that when you get filled with the spirit of God, the love of God starts to saturate within you. Understanding discerning of spirits will give you the upper edge, will give you wisdom, will give you power in your prayer life. And you'll know exactly how to pray, how to cut that devil's, how to cut his head off and how to chop his feet off and say, oh no. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I see you. I see you. See, if you don't see, you can't do. But when you see, you can do. We need to see. We need to see. Say, I see. I see. How many of you guys, when you pray for somebody, you see so much? And you know they don't. So just because it's available doesn't mean that everyone's walking in it. Are we following right now? But my prayer is that every single person in this room and listening to the sound of my voice is increasing in this gift. You will increase because just by nature of, of being close to someone, what they carry, you receive. If there is an agreement in the spirit. Oh, I'm talking to somebody, and I'm telling you stuff, and I hope you can understand what I'm saying. Like, through the depths of it, it can seem simple on one level, but if you really understand the depths of what I'm saying, your life will be transformed. Like completely transformed. You will carry what has been deposited when you walk in the love of God attached to the right source. Holy Spirit is the right source. But he puts you in fellowship with the right people. And you need to know the difference. The width and the length and the depth and the height. This is of the love of God. That's what we're rooted and we're grounded in. And it says to know the love of Christ which passes, passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So if we are to be filled with the fullness of God, why is it that sometimes we, fall, we feel like we fall short? Well, that moment that you feel like you're not filled with the love of God because all kinds of stuff are coming your way, it's coming your way, that's when you say, oh, you know what? The devil is trying to shortchange me. I'm going to stop. I'm going to let myself be saturated in the love of God because I'm rooted and grounded in the love of God. So therefore, if he's trying to distract me, it's what he does. He's a master distractor. Deceiver, distractor. So that moment that you realize, oh, something, I've shifted. Somehow he's sneaky, he's deceptive, he, but somehow there's been a shift. I got my focus off. Get refocused. Position yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. Position yourself. Position yourself in the love of God. Position yourself and literally get filled up again. Did we not just read this? Let's, let's read this part again. It says, 
that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, not just a little portion. See, we have to read the scriptures, and we have to let the scripture really talk to us. Because sometimes we can read the portion of scripture over and over and over and miss so much of what was available to us, right? So it says here, with all the fullness of God, that I will be filled with all the fullness of God. I am in the end of verse 19. Say it over yourself. That I am filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness. Well, what's all the fullness of God? His power, his might, his strength, his wisdom, his discernment. He's the Lord of lords. He's the kings of kings, right? He is the Lord of hosts. So therefore, the Lord of the army that's literally coming the assignment that's come against you with well, the Lord of hosts is going to deal with it. And you carry that spirit. You carry him. You carry him, the fullness of God, in you. And then we're going to finish with this portion, anyways, with the scripture that we started with, which was in is, is Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, all that we think, according to the power that works within us, which you know is the power of God, unto him who is able to do. It is God working this in you. So when you feel weak, that's the best place to be. As long as you say, when I'm weak, I'm strong in Christ. When you feel like you can't, that's the best place to be because that's when you can say, I can't, but Christ can in me. Amen? So we're filled with the fullness of God. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and all that we think according to the power that works. There's a working power in you. There's a power that works in you. The power of the Holy Ghost is not just quiet and stagnant and still. He's working in you. He is working in you. Jordy, he's working in you. Amen? Amen. Nan, he's working. Chris, he's working in you. The spirit of the living God, he's working on the inside of us. He's not just stagnant. He's not just like, you know, he is constantly working on the inside of us. So it's my prayer, and I'm believing it's yours as well, that we are very aware and in tune. Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? What are you doing right now unto me, like in my heart, in my life? Because I want to be in step with you. I want to be in step with you. We want to be in step with him, don't we? Don't we? Let the fire of God just literally light a fire under your feet. For many of you that need that inferno right now because you feel like, I wish I had what she had. No, you have it. You have it. For some of you that are like, yeah, but I wish that I had what she had. You have it. You have the Holy Spirit. He's working on the inside of you. You have it. Let the fire of God come forth throughout of you. Open your mouth and let that word come out. Let that word be declared, declared out of you. You have it. You don't lack anything. You don't, you don't lack. We don't lack. All right, let's, let's turn our word over to Hebrews 10.35. How many of you guys are following the names of God? So it was yesterday that I, that I spoke on Jehovah Gamola. And some and many, I should say, really have not heard that name. It's not one that we hear a lot, but it means the Lord of recompense who will reward those who diligently seek him. So what's recompense? I mean, to be paid back, right? To be compensated, to be rewarded. Hebrews 10, 35. 
Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. Do not cast away your boldness. Do you know what the enemy is banking on? Mm -hmm. Yep. He's banking on you to lose your confidence in Christ, your boldness. That's why he tries to assault you so bad. That's why he tries to put your family members against you. That's why he, that's why he'll have like one of your children, you know, a child, you know, come and tell you, you know, you're too much. You're just too much. Can't you be normal? Can't you just be normal like the other moms? You're just too much. You know, I can't have my friends around you because you embarrass me. I don't know if any of you have heard that one, but I know I have over the years. <laughs> don't buy into that lie. They're kids. I don't care if your kid happens to be 45 and he's still saying it. He's a kid. Spiritually, he's asleep. So don't you let that spirit, and that's what it is, is a spirit, trying to rob you of your boldness, of your confidence in Christ. The Bible says do not let your boldness be robbed because if you don't, what did it say? There's a great reward. There's a great reward. But you know you have to fight against everything that tries to come against you to shut you up. It's not going to work. We're not going to shut up because we're too radical for Jesus. But you know what? If truth be told, there are times where you, you do feel the wounding. You do feel, I mean, unless I'm the only one, but sometimes you do feel the wounding. Sometimes it hurts pretty bad too because it comes from the ones that are the closest to you, the ones that should have never said it, the ones that should know better, and the ones that still jabbed that knife and then turned it. Okay, some of us are playing church like, I'm not going to make a motion. And then other ones are like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, then it's for me. It's just me then. It's a few of us. But no, seriously, sometimes it hurts pretty bad. But you know what? That's when we say, you know what? We have to see it as what it really is. Because we don't battle against flesh and blood. If we're filled with the love of God, and that's what we're focusing on, we're filled with the love of God. And that enemy tries to come against you, and he uses one of your very own to stab you and to jab you and then turn that knife with a word that really hurts. And all you're trying to do is share truth because you know what they need, and they're rejecting it, right? And they're throwing it in your face, right? It is the enemy that is putting them up because we don't battle against flesh and blood. And so, therefore, you must take authority and say, no, in the name of Jesus, I bind up that foul spirit. I command that thing to be silenced. I command that thing to go in the name of Jesus. Now, whether you do it in front of them or not, it doesn't really matter. But you, need, you do need to do it. You need to make sure that, that, that the assignment that it had against you doesn't, it doesn't either, it doesn't get to A, happen, or B, it doesn't get to remain. Because sometimes it happens before you even have a chance to you know, even recognize it or do anything about it, right? It's already done. It's like, whoa, that came out of the back door, right? It happens. It happens, right? And so, but trust me, even when, when that happens, you go, my gosh, or, or you're in a season of intense warfare, and it's like you're, you're getting hit from every side. You're just getting, like, you just feel like you're spinning. You feel like, like, wow, okay, you're still standing. You're still moving forward. You know you're filled with the love of God. You know your feet are planted on solid ground, but the attack in that season is so strong. You feel like you're just spinning in circles. You're just going, oh, my gosh, oh, my goodness. And you're like, no, no, but it hurts, but you keep going forward. Well, in the name of Jesus, you pick up that phone. You call. You call on the name of the Lord, or you call a faithful person that you know will pray with you, but you need to get those things off of you because there's an assignment, and the assignment is to kill, still, and destroy. Destroy, and you can't allow that because you're going to say, you know what? It's not that individual. They don't know. But that spirit I deal with right now, and I command that spirit to go. And if, uh, now listen to this, if it costs me everything, I'm willing to stand for Christ. 
And I know most of you guys know a lot of my story, and I have had to say that many, many times. No matter what, I will serve you. No matter what, I will choose you. If I have to stand alone, I will. And I'm referring to all members of my family. If I have to stand alone, I will. And you know what? God takes you seriously on that prayer. And, and you know, the enemy certainly tries to, tries to <laughs> steal from you with that prayer. But you stand firm and you say, oh, no. No, you don't, devil. No, you don't. I'm going to stand for Christ no matter what. And that demon has to flee. All those demons have to flee because I'm going to saturate myself in the Holy Ghost. I'm standing on holy ground. I'm filled with the love of God. And I'm going to continue to get filled with the love of God so that I overflow. Devil, you cannot steal from a vessel that's flowing over. You're flowing over. Over. It's the overflow. The enemy can't steal from you. He is afraid of you. He can't steal from you unless you let him. So I'm just trying to give you some tactics that explain some tactics that um, he does work against. He's trying to steal your confidence. You know, I'm going to read it again because sometimes you read this scripture. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. Well, can I ask you, why would you willingly cast away your confidence? We wouldn't, right? We're not going to willingly cast away our confidence. It's not like we're going to go, oh, you know what, I'm not going to. I choose to be insecure today, right? We don't do that. We're not willingly casting away our confidence. Why would he say this? Because the enemy is trying to rob from you your confidence. Why? Because if you stay confident in Christ, if you continue to decree the word of God, if you, no matter what comes against you, no matter how much pain, we already talked about some of that, no matter how much, you stay firm in Christ, there is a reward. Do you think the devil really cares if you're confident or not? Not really. He's concerned about the reward. He doesn't want you to get the reward. He doesn't want the reward of the Lord to be yours. That's why he stops. He tries to stop you, tries to rob you of your confidence. Say no more. Not on my watch. Now I know that the enemy is trying to rob me of my confidence so that he can rob my reward. No way. No way. And then turn to Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. This means without a lifestyle of faith. Without a lifestyle of faith, we know faith is, necessity, is a necessity to please God. So without faith, it is impossible, not, not you can only please him a little bit. It is literally impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. We could have stopped and put an exclamation point right there. It doesn't stop there, but we could. We, he who comes to God, when you come to God, you must believe that he is. He is everything you need. He is your healer. He is your comforter even in the storm. He is the one that gives you clarity of mind. He is the one that gives you strength of your spirit and your soul. He is everything because he is the great I am. Say he's the great I am and he lives on the inside of me. And he lives on the inside of me. And so he says, for we must believe that he is, which means he's everything we need, and that he is, listen, he's everything. He is everything. Couldn't he have stopped right there? Couldn't have he put even just a period? He didn't have to put an exclamation point. But I want you to see this. He's a, he says, he is. He who comes to God must believe that God is and that he is. He who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is. Boy, we could have stopped right there. I don't know about you. I could have stopped right there because it tells me everything right there. He who comes to God must believe that he is. Wow, thank you, Lord, because you really are. Wow, thank you, Lord. But it doesn't stop. He says, and. And 
that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not only is he everything that we need, not only is he, but he's also a rewarder. But isn't all these things a reward? But yet he, he distinguishes the two. He is everything that we need, but he's also a rewarder because God never shortchanges us because God always wants to give you more than you can hope, dream, or imagine because God always has more in store for you. You just need to keep your eyes focused on him. You just need to say, Lord, I thank you that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. I thank you, Lord God, that you are for me and not against me. I thank you, Lord God, you are the great rewarder. He is the great rewarder and he's rewarding you he is rewarding you for your service unto him he rewards us amen, amen. well now i want you to turn your bible over to genesis we've already established that god is the great rewarder we know that he rewards us he lavishes us with incredible gifts and that's his heart actually it's even his name Jehovah Gamola, the Lord of recompense, the one who rewards, right? But in Genesis chapter 4, and starting in verse 3, we read of a story, Cain and Abel. You guys remember this story? In the process of time, verse 3, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. How important is it that we give to God what he asks and not what you think he wants? That's true of our hearts all the time. We need to give to God what he asks, not what you think he wants. Because what you think he wants may be different than what he's asking. So Cain brought an offering of fruit. Abel also, he brought of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. Well, he should have been angry at himself for disobeying, but no, he's angry at, he was angry at the Lord, and his countenance fell. Well, sure, because anytime you're out of the will of God, your countenance is going to fall, right? Especially something like this, where it's so diabolically, look, I want to do and bring what I think is important. How about God, what is important? How about God, what do you want? How about God, Lord, you can have all, everything, my heart, here it is. Good, bad, ugly, good, and different, just have it all. Right? And so he says, verse 6, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, if you obey what I've told you to do, will you be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. In other words, you must master sin. It says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you walk in obedience, will you not be accepted? Absolutely. But if you don't, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. Sin has a desire. And it's literally lying at the door so that you open it. What kind of a door? The door of your heart. The door of your heart. We don't want to open up the door of deception. We don't want to open up the door of hardness of heart. We don't want to open up the door of gossip or slander. We don't want to open up the door because it's there. It's lying there in wait. It's lying there. Sin has a desire, and its desire is for you, and you, but you must master it. 
In other words, you have to rise up above it and say, no, I see you, devil. Oh, no, I'm not falling for that same old man. There was a year, there was a day, but I'm not falling for that anymore. I see it. I'm mastering it. We must master it. Are you going to master it? Absolutely, because there is a great reward for you when you walk in obedience to the Lord, and you're not about ready to lose that great reward, are you? Not at all. Not when you serve the God of the great reward. That promises us that. And he is faithful to his promises. Hallelujah.